0: This is EdTech Weekly, and I am your host, Ricky Zager, and this is episode 90, the big nine zero, getting very close to 100. And in tonight's show, can states solve the data problem, a new Wi-Fi standard that could really benefit schools, how a teacher shortage may be a big EdTech problem, and four tips when planning a K-12 network upgrade. Well, it is just me tonight, and I know that's disappointing. It's disappointing for me, too, but um, we've just, Christy and I have been not connecting well. I've been busy a couple times when we wanted to record, and we've missed a few shows, so uh, yeah, it's just me tonight, and I did want to talk, those of you who follow me on Twitter may notice that we have had some website issues. Um, It's been hijacked from me a couple times in the last several weeks. And it's been pretty frustrating, but um, we seem to have regained control. So I'm going to be putting up several of the last uh, maybe five or six episodes that we haven't been able to put up there. So those of you who are keeping track of that, we are working on it. And, um, you know, we've been doing some, I've been doing some work on the studio here to try to uh, streamline the process so I can get some more content out there. Uh, Those of you who have followed the show for a long time know that this has been something that I've been trying to do for quite some time, and I started doing some videos a little while ago, and uh, yeah, I want to make some more content, so um, this new studio setup should do the trick, and uh, hopefully we'll be here uh, a little more regularly. I always say that, and uh, we're going to keep trying until we get it right, and we're here more regularly. But now, uh, even though it's just me, we'll start as we always do, with the EdTech News Rundown. In our first story, an article from Ed Week explains that some states are working on ways to make use of student data. It seems every week we have an article on student data, and if you're a director of EdTech, then this is an article you should definitely dive into further. Essentially what's happening is everyone is beginning to realize that data is the Wild West, and if it can be figured out, it may well hold one of the keys to improving education. The problem from a state standpoint is that obtaining and sharing useful data between different applications being used is quite difficult. Some states leaders have recently met to have a conversation around what states are doing, what's the vision for it, and if, in fact, they have started to build the next steps, what would they be? While I'm happy that these steps are being taken, it is disappointing that it appears to be a problem that has no real plan as of yet. Um, Part of the reason may well be that there's little to no financial benefit for states to figure this out, Uh, and it's a bit concerning that the hope for solving the data problem may rely on state government officials, as we know that the government is rarely cutting edge, swift to act, or efficient. So yeah, I I think it's becoming obvious in so many aspects of our lives now that we need to get a grip on this data situation. And I guess the question that looms is, can this be done by state education officials? And in my opinion, yeah, of course it can be done, but man, it is so bogged down. You know, when you talk about that level of bureaucracy in the state, with so many other things that they have going on, to then efficiently and effectively deal with this, it, it is a little bit frightening to me to think that the state's going to be in control. In fact, I mean, I think large districts um, have a very difficult battle, even on their own, if they just try to figure out ways to be getting this data and using this data and making the data all work together. So, you know, those of you who've listened to the show and have been paying attention to things like blockchain, you know, maybe that's the answer. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Our next article is from EdTech Magazine and explains that a new Wi-Fi standard just might be the solution to helping bog down connections at schools. The standard is called 802.11ax, and it promises less congestion, faster data, and better battery life for devices. This technology is being developed in chipsets this year by Intel and other manufacturers, so we should be seeing this standard in some devices by next year. Of course, full implementation is never a quick process, so expect that to be a few years down the road. But I guess there's reason to be excited here. Data speed should be at least four times faster, and that's pretty impressive. And for those of you who are pulling your hair out because you just replaced your network, don't worry, this standard is backwards compatible, so you can upgrade and replace in stage in. Stages, excuse me. And you know, I'm a pretty big tech fan, and I'm excited about this new standard for my house, quite honestly. I mean, faster connection Wi-Fi definitely can only be helpful. Um, and you know I think I think the big thing here as well is the backwards compatibility um. Even with older devices, um, it it should help limit some of the strain for those older devices. As new ones are added, they're going to take some of the bandwidth that you know those older devices are forced to use with their standard, and uh, give them a little more room um, to to operate. So, I think at the end of the day, you know, it is exciting. It is still you know again in the future. Again, normally schools aren't cutting edge and on on the front end of this. I would assume that. Those of you who know anything about Wi-Fi, um, I don't even know that how many schools are like in 802.11ac at this point, which I think is the most current standard. So, I mean, it's it's definitely exciting to think that, that maybe congestion and clogging could be ruled out at some point in the future. And we sort of know that's going to happen, but it's nice to know that that's actually in progress and chipsets are being developed. So that's good news. All right, our next story. An Ed Surge article explains that the most critical problem for schools when it comes to EdTech may actually be the teacher shortage that many states are encountering. And they mentioned that there, are, there was a 35% reduction in students enrolling in education programs between 2009 and 2014. So those would be people who are going to become teachers. And this created a critical shortage in teachers, uh, especially in STEM. English language learning, and special education. And added to the fact that nearly 8% of the teachers leave the profession every year, and it becomes a strain on a lot of things, uh, especially the effectiveness of ed tech as training is rarely as available and extensive as it needs to be. And with teachers leaving and districts having to recruit people without teaching degrees, now you need to be focusing on them more with their teaching skills so that you can get them ready to teach. And so what are we doing about the ed tech um, you know, So, I guess you ask what can be done about this, and they do give some suggestions. They think we should make training and support widely available, focus on teacher retention, and uh, one that I'm sad to admit I never really thought of before, include substitute teachers in professional development. Now, in my experience, I found that people who are qualified and good at tech left because of how frustrating it was that there was so little room for growth. Without an ed leadership degree in education, a lot of times there's just nowhere to go. And we have talked about many ed tech issues, but this might be the first time teacher shortages have come up and it definitely seems valid to me. You know, I think when I look back at this article and I think about including substitute teachers, is it's fascinating because why have we, you know, and and listen, I'm sure there are some districts and schools that are ahead of the game on this, but I, in my experience, it has not been the norm at all. And now that, of course, brings up a problem of how are you going to get them to be included? Are you paying them extra? Because you know, they don't really make a lot of money, and it's a lot for them to deal with to try to go that route. So I think it's an interesting idea, and I think implementation may not be easy to do, but it's definitely something that should be done because if you're using these people a lot, uh, if they're going to need to be in the classroom, then they're going to need to know this stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, the teacher shortage, and again, I, I think there's just, especially in, 2000, I feel like 2009, uh, the, the mid to early 2000s there were were difficult for teachers. It felt like there was just a lot of bad publicity and press and a lot of stuff made you feel kind of bad. That's when I started getting frustrated being a teacher. So I, I get it and I think uh, you know that is something we have to deal with. And I guess the the high turnover rate definitely affects the ed tech and how we use it and how well it's used so we got to solve that problem as well so just another another problem to solve seems like there's a lot of problems to be solved in education and i know a lot of you are at the end of the school year just finished up the school year and um you know focusing on these problems right now you probably just want to clear your mind but it's definitely there are some issues that need to be addressed and hopefully those can be addressed all right in our final story now we get another ed tech weekly favorite Those of you who remember back in the Matt days, an article with a number in the headline, we love those four tips to plan a K-12 network upgrade. This kind of piggybacks off our other story. This may end up being a nice follow-up for that one as well. Their first tip is to start with network management systems, basically making sure that you're reviewing your process, especially when considering the different compatibility issues with wired and wireless networks. Second tip is perform a network requirements audit. With the amount of devices being added each year, this should be done twice a year, uh, was what they recommend, to make sure capacity is sufficient. And thirdly, examine capacity planning assumptions, which essentially means make sure you have enough switch ports per number of physical switches. I hope that makes sense to someone um, you know, if, if, if Matt was here, uh, yeah, I mean that he would help us out a little bit. I mean, I basically understand what that means, but you know, you need to make sure you have available ports open with your, with those switches. And finally, don't forget physical planning. Where, where will extra switches be housed? Uh, where do you have room for these things? Is it properly cooled? Cause that's a huge factor as well. Um, I think planning and budgeting for things like you know the new wireless, uh, new AX wireless technology is is important as well in this discussion. Uh, but overall, for me, I think when you talk about um, reviewing your processes, cons- considering compatibility issues, a lot of times we don't address that on the. Uh, education side we don't talk and this is this goes back to you know probably I can say years ago now and we used to talk about some of the things where we need to be including our IT people and making sure these things will work Um, the differences between wired and wireless networks are are pretty huge and can make a big difference with how your Active Directory or whatever way you have logins and all that stuff works so it's something that needs to be considered and you know as these things get more and more complicated and as more and more of our devices need good network management and good network systems, you know, definitely be involved in this and check this out. You probably already are on top of it if you're in network management. But, uh, you know, if you're not, the thing to take back from this, I would say as, a, as an EdTech decision maker or leader is make sure you include these people and make sure that what you think will work will actually work because, if you get this great piece of technology, I think he's going to change how your students learn and they can't use it. Well, yeah, that's not real effective. All right. Well, again, I know it was just me today and I know that's not as nice because it's nice to have a change of pace, the different voice and have the little back and forth that, uh, having a co-host is it sort of affords that opportunity. That's nice. But don't forget, email the show edtechweekly at gmail.com. Hit up that subreddit at edtechweekly.reddit.com. We had somebody recently post on there some five app tips for students to have and for teachers to be using with their students or suggesting to their students. So there is some interactions going on there. And like I said, we got you know, over 100 people following that subreddit. So uh, jump in there if you want. And don't forget, follow me on Twitter at 4TechTeachers or at Christy M. Warren. Um, and email the show. Like I said, we can share, uh, any ideas that you may have at edtechweekly@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And, um, if you have a minute, give us a review on iTunes. Uh, it helps us out. Um, all you gotta do is go into, uh, your iTunes and look up our show Ed Tech Weekly, and then just, uh, give us a rating again. That just helps people find us, and it helps us know people are out there, and it's awesome to find more people are finding the show all the time. So uh, once again, check out edtechweeklyshow.com. We're going to be putting those stories up um, this weekend. Again, uh, I did not have control of that, sadly, for for a little while there, and I'm back in control and uh, have some extra password management set up in there, so hopefully that doesn't happen again. And, uh, yeah, that's it. So uh, see you next time on EdTech Weekly.